Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cats on Film Pod. I'm Ray Island here with my co-host, Skipper. Thank you for joining us every Tuesday as we review Cats and Film. You can support Skipper and me at pod.fan slash catsonfilmpod. Spoilers ahead. We're continuing our month-long special series, Lions in Winter. Skipper and I watched four different animated films about lions and are sharing our thoughts on them throughout February. This week, we're reviewing the animated Lion King that came out in 1994, right in the middle of the Disney Renaissance. Let's recap. Somewhere in an African savanna lies the Pride Land. Because, you know, a pride of lions. You get it? Pride? Lions? Pride? Land? Get it? (laughs) It's green and full of all sorts of wild animals with absolutely no sign of humans. None of the animals are physically anthropomorphized. Mm, I guess so. Timon in a hula skirt is very human, but his body shape is still in the more realistic type of Disney animated style. Of course, as Disney animals, most of them talk and some even sing and dance. The first Lion King, Mufasa, is worshipped by all the other animals except for the hyenas, as Mufasa won't let them into his territory because they're poachers. (laughs) Yeah. But Mufasa acts all wise and kind and inclusive about everything other than hyenas, as he explains to the little lion prince, Simba. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. Uh, let me explain, let me explain. It's, uh, it's entirely possible to eat someone respectfully. You've just, uh, gotta say something wise before biting into them. Yeah, that's the ticket. <coughs> so they kind of sidestep the whole carnivorous big cats thing. But it's weird that all of those prey animals still hang out around the lions when there are other nice places to live, like... Wherever they all went during the drought and the reign of the second Lion King, Scar? Yes, or where little meerkat Timon and warthog Pumbaa hang out. Luckily for them, when they meet Simba, he's still young and impressionable, so they're able to convince him to eat insects instead of meerkats and warthogs. But how could Simba eat enough bugs to survive and grow into a big adult lion? Yeah, but you only eat bugs once in a while, Skipper. And you're not nearly as big as Simba gets. He would have wiped out the insect population before reaching maturity. Well, the animators made a big deal about going to look at live animals when working on character designs to make their movements look realistic and all. But there's this big plot hole because they want to pretend that the lead character wouldn't eat a cute meerkat. But they keep bringing it up, only to dance around it like when Simba needs to sneak past some hyenas undetected. Hyenas. I hate hyenas. So what's your plan for getting past those guys? Live bait. Good idea. Hey. Come on, Timon. You guys have to create a diversion. What a friend they have in Simba. The look and movements of the animals are pretty realistic. The big cats are stretchy and snuggly and bathe with their tongues, and they avoid water and nap in the sunshine. But like in Robin Hood that we reviewed in last week's episode, they are used as metaphors for human hierarchies. 
Skipper, how many paws do you give the Lion King for its feline representation? Three paws out of four for the original animated Lion King. The felines are physically realistic and no live kitties are harmed, but the plot and characterization are completely human. Cats on Film Pod is voiced and produced by Ray Island with music by The Dose Man and additional sounds from freesound.org. Visit us at catsonfilmpod.com for cat pics, caption videos, and more. Cats on Film Pod.